0: Here's today's host, Mike Kessler.
2: Hi, and welcome to Monday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you right about the next hour as we take this time aside every weekday afternoon to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events through a biblical perspective, and also what we hear in church, is it even in the Bible at all? Also, if you've been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, someone's asked you a difficult question, hey, that's why we're here to help you do a better job witnessing for our King. I do believe time is very short. To be about our Father's business is something that should be preeminent in every one of our lives each day. You know, the Bible tells us that as we get closer and closer, I believe, to the rapture of the church, people will wax worse and worse. I'm seeing many, many Christians who once loved the Lord, now involved in very dark, devious things, plotting things against brothers and sisters in the Lord, uh, backbiting, tail-bearing, Uh, encouraging people to lie. All these kinds of things are going on in the church. Friends, this is pretty tough stuff. I do believe they're going to be quite surprised when the rapture comes, they're left behind. Because again, if we're not repentant, if we don't have a repentant heart, Jesus said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord is going to come. And I believe if we don't watch and be ready, if we're not about our Father's business, if we're doing bad things or hurt other people or whatever, I believe it's a time we need to repent. And repent now, fast, because you're wasting time. You could be laying up for yourself treasure in heaven instead of risking you going into eternity um, and without God. So being about your daddy's business, so important in these days that we live in. 8888 Ask csn is the number call if you want to be part of the program today. Joining me today, special guest Scott Parker from Calvary Chapel Festus, Missouri, by St. Louis, and hi and welcome.
3: Hello, Mike. It is great to be with you today and uh, excited to start off another week answering everyone's questions.
2: You know, I was just thinking, you know, how Jesus always has a kind of a habit of fulfilling Old Testament high holy uh, days and festivals. And we have uh, this Friday, uh, this beginning, this end of this week, we have Yom Kippur, uh, Roshana, which ends on Sunday morning in Jerusalem, Um And it will be when the first three stars appear in the night sky. And so, you know, kind of a nice week for a rapture, don't you think?
3: Mike, I totally agree. And, you know, someone asked me that question at church yesterday about what I thought about, you know, some talking about the rapture happening uh, this month. And, of course, we know from Scripture it can happen at any time. I mean, the, the rapture is a signless event that could happen at any time. Paul back in the first century, you know, when he wrote, um, you can tell that, you know, he was hoping and expecting it would be in his day, uh, but it wasn't. And here we are 2000 years later. We're just that much more closer to it. But someone asked me yesterday about that. And, you know, I told him, Mike, I said, you know, Jesus fulfilled the first four feasts in his first coming. Yes. He fulfilled them right on time, right to the day, right to the minute. And in order. And in order. Yeah, exactly. And so the, you know, the logic goes, why wouldn't he then fulfill the last three feasts in the fall right on time? And, you know, of course, a lot of people's, um, uh, problem with that is the fact that Jesus said, you know, that we would not know the day or the hour when he would return. But what's interesting is the next feast day uh, to occur, as you said, Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets, uh, as it's described in the Bible. And what's interesting about that, it's based on the new moon. And as you just said, uh, you know, when they see the stars, then they, they know it's going to it's going to be. That's the only feast out of the seven feasts where you do not know what day it's going to be on. All the other feasts are on a certain day, Passover on the 14th of Nisan, uh, Unleavened Bread on the 15th. Uh, then you have the Feast of first fruits is on the 17th. And then after that, 40 days later after that, or I'm sorry, 50 days later after that, then you have uh, the Feast of Pentecost. Yeah. Passover. And then and then what's interesting is, you know, when you come to the fall feast, the the feast of uh, or the Day of Atonement, uh, is 10 days it's after 10 days after the feast of uh of of um, trumpets um but it but then what you have is after that you have so many days and then you have the feast of tabernacles the feast of trumpets is the only feast out of the whole seven where it 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 the, the bible does not give a particular day on which it has to happen and so again, you know, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but knowing Jesus and what he did in his first coming and knowing how God, you know, reveals himself to us, I wouldn't be surprised if if he came on the feast of trumpets.
2: Yeah, and and it's really amazing that that Passover was 50 days after uh or uh, uh Pentecost was 50 days after yes. Passover. To me mm-hmm. that is just such a, a amazing timing. On yep. on God's uh, uh, behalf that that fulfills these these days. So that's why I always look for that. And what's interesting in this in this uh, Rosh Hashanah is that they blow trumpets for those three days, reminding people to prepare themselves as they get ready for Yom Kippur, the new year, seven days later, and they. They blow these trumpets to remind you, have I wronged anyone? Do I owe anybody any money? Do I need to make things right with anyone? All these different things. And then the ram's horn is blown. The last trumpet, is, that's what it's called, that closes uh, the uh, Rashana. So what is to me amazing is then you have seven days and then you have the new year. It's interesting in the Bible, we have a seven-year tribulation period, roughly, somewhere in there. Uh, And then you have Jesus ruling and reigning uh, for a thousand years, a brand new deal that God's going to offer us. Now, very quickly, there was a call last week that I thought was very interesting. I'd never heard it before, and I got to say, I think it has great credibility. The question was, if the children of israel will be build burning weapons from the ezekiel uh, 38 39 war it says the cachet of weapons will be so great probably uh, fuel oil from the tanks probably the butt stocks off the ak 47s who knows what they're going to be burning but it says they're going to be burning those for seven years now the question was if if the tribulation seven years long, we know that they're not going to be burning weapons and that into the reign of Christ. So this war has to be before the tribulation period. And if they're going to be burning the weapons for seven years, if you've got three and a half years as you go into the uh, tribulation and then the abomination which makes desolate takes place, this is where the Antichrist declares to the world that he's God, must be worshipped as God, the, Jesus said, don't even go back in your house to get your coat. Run for the hills. Now, they're not going to be burning weapons for that last three and a half years or, or burning the fossil fuel oils or whatever they capture from Russia, the uh, Islamic countries that come against them in the last days. And so somewhere between, I believe, um, now, the rapture, and the beginning of the tribulation, I think we're right in that time zone right now. And remember, it isn't the rapture that starts the tribulation period. It is the signing a a treaty that is made with Israel over something, probably over the Dome of the Rock Mosque, uh, where, where that site is, because so many things surrounded the temple ever since we go clear back to Solomon. And so I look for the temple that is not there now, but will be built according to Revelation chapter 11. John was told to go measure a building. He couldn't have measured it unless it was there. It was in the future. It was destroyed in 70 AD, but there's going to be a third temple built somewhere on that 11 acres, 11 to 15 acres of nothing but trees and sidewalks to the north and the east of the Dome of the Rock Mosque. And... Uh, I believe that that the Antichrist is going to be heralded as this man of peace because he unified Islam on the Temple Mount, Christianity, what's left of it, on the Temple Mount, and, and, of course, Judaism on the Temple Mount. What they couldn't do through the United Nations, this man of peace has negotiated, finally, a global peace settlement, and finally now there will be peace in the Middle East. Except the Bible calls him the Antichrist, and so don't be fooled. So I think we're living in some pretty exciting times and whenever I get around these these holy days in the Bible, you know it just kind of kind of perks up my ears. I feeling kind of <laughs> feeling kind of weightless, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> kind of ready, <laughs> kind of ready. So yeah. <laughs> hope that uh, hope for some of you that have been wondering about that and that call last week, I wasn't on the program, but I was listening. And I thought that was a really good observation. So anyway, we will go to the phones. 8888 Ask C S is the number to call. We're going to go to Jack in Oregon. Hi, welcome. Hey, Pastor
0: Mike. God bless you for your work. I really enjoy your show.
2: God is good. How can we help? Um, my question
0: is concerning uh, Ezekiel 9. I mean, sorry, 51-9. Speaking of Rahab, uh, shall not cut rahab and or wound the dragon is that the same rahab in joshua three i mean two three that helped these spies
3: what do you think scott well i tell you what that's a great question jack and i i think you meant to i think you were meaning the scripture isaiah right not ezekiel but isaiah 51 i'm sorry you're exactly correct pastor i'm sorry no, that's fine. Yeah, just want to make sure we got that straight. Well, what's interesting is if you, if you go back, cause this is a great question and very obscure, but if you, if you go back to Isaiah, uh, chapter 30 in verse seven, you will see that Rahab is mentioned there again. And what's interesting is there, Rahab is symbolic of Egypt, the nation of Egypt. Okay. And if you look here at Isaiah chapter, uh, fifty-one, and then you come down there to verses nine and ten. Um, what's interesting is what it's speaking of when it's speaking of Rahab here. It's speaking of the crossing of the Red Sea and the Egyptians. So actually, uh, it's it's talking about how uh as a, a, that the Rahab is a, is a symbolic name for Egypt. Uh, and talking about. Uh, the chaos and the trouble that they bring, um, there against Israel. And so really that's what it's referring to is it's actually, re- it's a, it's a, you want to say it this way? It's a kind of a code name, uh, or it's symbolic for Egypt. It's kind of interesting because, you know, in the first century, uh, Jack, it's interesting, uh, because Christians in the first century actually referred to Rome. Of course, you know, the, the Roman empire was, was in power uh during the first century when the apostles wrote and Peter actually makes a comment speaking to those who are in Rome um or referring to those who are in Rome or referring to Rome um but he was actually speaking to those in Asia Minor. And what's interesting is he uh, I, I, I I said I said that wrong. He makes a mention of Babylon. And in the first century, Babylon was a code name that Christians use Christians used to, to describe Rome, uh, because of the way the things they were doing and, uh, and the way they were. So instead of speaking against Rome outwardly like that, what they would do is they would use that name Babylon. Uh, and Peter does that, uh, in his, in, in the epistle. Uh, I think it's second Peter, if I'm not. Mistaken. Um, so you see this sometimes. And of course, um, you know, a lot of times you'll see, uh, names of people and names of, you know, different places being substituted, um, because of what they represent. And, uh, so that's the case here.
2: Many Mike? people believe, uh, yeah, first, second, third John. Second John is actually a letter that John wrote to Mary, Jesus's mother, mm-hmm. to the elect lady and talked about the family. Now, the reason it was worded the way it was, of course, was because uh, there was the persecution, of course, against Jesus. Jesus rose from the dead. But to protect Mary and those uh, other uh, siblings of, 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 uh, of Mary, uh, it was written in that form. But a lot of people, when they read that, with that understanding, it makes a whole lot more sense than oftentimes just reading it as just to the elect lady, meaning the church. So hope that, uh, hope that sheds a little bit of light on it for you, Jack. Just a little bit of follow-up. That's uh, referring to Babylon. That's the, the evil system
0: in power, for instance, as John the Revelator said in Revelations. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that is the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's interesting. The Old Testament says that Babylon will never be be rebuilt. It'll be the habitation of owls and jackals and things like that. Uh, it was interesting that Saddam Hussein uh, ventured to rebuild Babylon and as, was actually doing that. Uh, and of course, it, it, it didn't make it. But when we find Babylon mentioned in the book of Revelation, we have two. We have the uh, the religious Babylon system and the economic Babylon system. Both are destroyed. But what, what we have to remember here is many people believe that is uh, simply just the name of the system during the reign of the Antichrist, and how this desire to bring the world under a one world order. Now remember, Daniel interpreted a dream for Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, in the interpretation, he said, you Nebuchadnezzar are the head of gold. He was really the first world governing empire was Babylon. And so this attempt to unite the world under one flag um, doesn't last long. And it is not that which represents kindness to humanity. Uh, And you're going to find that in the religious system and in the economic system of Babylon in the book of Revelation 18, where it's finally destroyed, etc. So I hope that helps. It does. Thank you, pastors. Jack, stay online if you like. Send you out the movie Jesus. I think you'll enjoy that. Great for evangelism. Let's go to Mary, Dallas, Texas. Hi, welcome.
4: Hi, pastors. Thank you for taking my call. Um, My question is, is a prenup biblical? And if so, um, can you help shed some light on that? Because I think where I have a trouble is seeing a marriage as one flesh and then all finances are completely separate because of no combined assets and no combined income.
2: Mary, if everyone was honest, I would say you would never need that. However, today, it seems that deception is at an all-time high within the church. Uh, It is very clear to me that we have to be very, very careful. And uh, I have seen many people in my uh, years, 40-plus years of being a pastor, of seeing people get married and one or the other was putting on a show um and you see your life has to radiate the glory of god not most of the time or in most places but all the time in all places and this is where one of the this these are where some of the great problems come from that well you know i'm not lying or or i'm 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 not committing adultery but boy i'm 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 into deception and i'm into you know Oh, it, it, no, that isn't the way it works. And so if people were honest, you wouldn't need that. The problem today is people aren't. And I've known Christian marriages where, in particular, a, a couple got married, and one of the people in the marriage did not tell their, their, new, their, their newly betrothed that they had a child, in another state. Never talked about it. Yet both people were Christians, loved God, um, you know, but never disclosed their their full background. Now, I, I would like to say we live in a perfect world and we w- don't need that, but I think we need to be careful because we, we realize that... Um, uh, y- Divorce is at the same ratio within the church as it is in the world. Now, I'm not condemning anybody that's gotten a divorce because there's a lot of really unusual people out there that can act and perform very well until after you marry them. And then the real them comes out. In fact, uh, the person said, well, why didn't you tell me you had a, a child in another state? The exact qu- The exact quotation was, well, if I told you, I know you wouldn't marry me. Well, why do you have a courtship? The courtship is to find out these things. Now, I believe maybe 150 years ago, this ability to hide and take on many different identities and all these different things wasn't as much of an issue then as it is now. But we all can see the different things going on on the internet. Uh, You look at these different dating websites and some of them are serial killers and all kinds of stuff. So no, just because a person says, well, I'm a Christian, that doesn't mean that that um, necessarily they're walking with the Lord or they're putting on the show for you right now until maybe a year from now, six months from now, they go, oh, by the way, I'm wanted for felonies in four states. Uh, you don't know these things. And unfortunately... Uh we, we don't know. Now, if it's from a family that you've known, maybe an individual that you've known for you know maybe ever since you were five years old, my nephew married a girl that he had known ever since kindergarten. He married her. I, I don't think there was any prenup necessary there because both families knew each other. He'd known her since she was in kindergarten and and went on to be a pastor. So As I look at that, I realize that, you know, God, I I think we just have to be wise. And so I don't know, Mary, that there's one answer fits all. But I think, as the Bible says, be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And I think it's unfortunate that I cannot answer the question, no, you don't need one of those. Uh, But I've seen too many, um, well, as James Vernon McGee says, there are real believers and there are make believers. Your thoughts.
3: You're right, Mike. You know, it's just like what Jesus said. Um, speaking of divorce, you know, he said that God's plan from the beginning was one man for, for one woman for life, you know, uh, and Jesus told, uh, the, the Pharisees and the Jews that were, that were contending with him about, uh, they were trying to trap him, you know, asking him a, a marriage question. Can a man divorce his wife for any reason? Uh, because that was one of the beliefs of one of the rabbis of their day is, yeah, you can divorce for just any reason, you know. Um And Jesus said this. Jesus said um that Moses did permit you to divorce in the law. And he said the reason for that was because of the hardness of heart. And um, that's really, you know, one of the main reasons why people get divorced is because either both or one of the people – uh, have a hard heart and they're not willing to do whatever it takes to make the marriage work. So um it's interesting in this question, just like Mike said, you know, these things shouldn't be needed. But the problem is the hearts of men and women, <laughs> you know, even when they sometimes even when they say they're a Christian, because as Mike said, people can be de- de- deceptive. Now, as far as um you know it being mentioned in the bible you don't see it being mentioned in the bible and here's the reason why uh in jewish tradition and in in jewish uh in, in in the way they lived according to uh the bible and also according to their custom uh what they did is they used the system of when they got married they had prearranged marriages and whenever a man would propose to a bride or a, a woman uh, what would happen is he had to pay the father a dowry. He had to pay a, what's called a bride price. And that price was paid by the, the groom's father to the father of the bride. And what was that for? Well, it was for two reasons. Number one, it was to pay back the man who raised the daughter, uh, because in that culture, women were seen uh, as a liability, because they weren't able to work as hard as men could work or boys could work. You got to remember it was an agricultural society, and so because they couldn't work as hard as boys, women in that culture was seen were seen as a liability have, having a daughter. Um, so you got your money back when your daughter got married. So that was what was part of the bride price was to basically repay the father back for everything he invested in his daughter. But also that money, too, uh, was to be used in case the husband deserted her, because if the husband deserted her in that culture, women had no way to take care of themselves. Uh, they depended upon either their fathers or their husbands. And so that's why you don't see something like a prenup mentioned in scriptures, because they had a system, uh, which was the dowry. Um, that they used uh in their culture and time, so anyway, I hope that helps a little bit, but uh as Mike said, you just gotta be wise and i I would say this um, and again, even you know people can they can, they can just be deceptive for so long, but what is interesting is a pastor. I always would encourage anyone, you know, here would be, my advice as a pastor would be this. If somebody came to me and said, hey, you know, I want to marry someone, but I feel like I have to get prenup. I would say, but then don't marry them. If if you don't know them well enough to trust them with everything you have, then maybe you should not marry them. Because the Bible teaches that when we get married, we become one in the sight of God. We become one physically, um, and then we become one uh, you know, as a, as a husband and wife. And so everything that we have should belong to one another. And so, you know, if someone's going to get married, uh, I would say as a pastor, if you feel like you have to get a prenup, then what's the problem of, of that you don't trust them. And so, but, but as Mike just uh, stated, that takes a long time. It takes a long time to really know someone that well, but you know what I think uh, in our culture today, it's well worth it. Mike
2: well and and the problem with long engagements is of course then you end up falling into all kinds yeah. of sexual sin so that you, exactly. you you got a double whammy there <laughs> uh and and again what w- talking about the dowry that was given to the uh the girl's father yeah it was it was just alimony in advance is what it was so yeah, exactly. so understanding that is 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 important but the thing is, Mary, with that question, it is, I, I, like I said earlier, it's not a one answer fits all. I think you have to, first of all, how long have you known him? If you've known him for years, do you know his friends? You know, pro, uh, uh, Proverbs, uh, Solomon says you're known by the company you keep, by your friends. What kind of friends does he have? Uh, how long have you known the parents? Uh, where did he come from? How long has he held his job? What are his hobbies? How long has he been involved in Jesus? All those things are so important because without knowing those things, I think that answer you're asking would be a very, very hard question to answer. Mary, I hope that shed some light on it for you. Stay on the line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus, and um, we wish you well on that. If that didn't answer your question, stay on. We'll pick you up on the other side of the break, and we'll be right back for more.
5: If you are 65 or older, you know this, watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you were just notified that your Medicare costs are increasing, a program out there can really help you with your medical bills, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus, it's not insurance. Members actually say it's better. It's a Christian healthcare community that aligns with your faith and where people encourage and pray for you. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You choose any Medicare provider, and you get telehealth access anytime you need it. And this is great, too. Unlike health insurance, you can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. So don't get stuck with increasing costs. Call MediShare 65 Plus and find out how much you can save. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. Eight three three ninety share More than ever,
0: pastors need to feel people's love and support. Over the last few years, many pastors have seriously considered leaving their church. But 1 Thessalonians 5.12 instructs all churches and all Christians to show and share their deep appreciation for those who minister to them. There is no better time to do this than Pastor Appreciation Month in October. And there's no better way to do it than using the easy as 123 Bless Your Pastor materials that are available for free at blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. Plus, the great news is that if your church uses the 123 Bless Your Pastor materials, the pastors at your church will be offered a $300 scholarship application to attend a Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage retreat. What a blessing this will be to your pastors and their spouses. For free materials, go to blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org.
2: Welcome back to part two of Jeremy Men Answer on this 9-11. You know, we think about um, uh, the slogan, we will never forget. Oh, America's long forgotten. It's so sad because we're not, uh, we, we've we've just done everything backwards. Of course, you remember Joe Biden getting out of Afghanistan, gave the telephone, the very people that blew our buildings up, $80 billion. That's right, everybody, $80 billion. He funded the Taliban by leaving all of our high-tech military equipment behind, brand-new Apache helicopters that I'm sure now have been sold to China as reverse engineering goes on, so they can save millions and millions of dollars, hours of time, designing an Apache helicopter by just simply copying what we left behind in Afghanistan. Wow. Wow not to mention the Americans that are still in bars in Afghanistan. We will never forget 9-11. Oh, my friends, we've long forgotten. It's a tragedy. And those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat the future. So, yep, crazy things. Now, Mary, are you still with us?
4: Yes, sir, I'm here. Okay,
2: Mary, well, we answered part of your question. What's the rest?
4: Yes, so um, the prenup is a request from um, obviously my partner um, who I am dating, and I guess it just kind of really I, I was had I was struggling with it because I've never dealt with a prenup, um, and it's more of like well I feel like it's more of a trust issue, but I would definitely want to know what his motive would be for a prenup, and you know where his relationship lies with God. Um, so I guess I'm trying to get a little bit of more perspective or insight from a guy's perspective of of wanting the prenup and um, and really just kind of understand that, I guess.
2: Well, Mary, you just said something that, that really perked my ears up. You said uh, to find out where his relationship with God is at. If you don't know that 100% inside and out, with long-term observation. Maybe not necessarily by you, but others. In other words, uh, he's a leader in, in in church in Sunday school. And you go to the other, you go to that church where he's teaching. Say, has he been teaching Sunday school here long? Oh, yeah, this guy, he, man, he's a great guy. He's been around the church here for 15 years. He loves God or, you know, we've known him since he was a little boy or whatever. That's what you want to hear. But somebody that says, well, gosh... We've never seen him before. We don't even know who he is. That's where I think you get into trouble. And when you said that, to know where his relationship with God is at, I think that would be the very first and foremost thing that you would really want to know. Because, again, people are good actors. I mean, look look at our—and I, I, I'm not trying to get political here with everybody, so please don't get mad at me. But it's like when Barack Obama was at Saddleback Church— and, and uh, they had the debate there. And the question was asked, do you believe marriage is between a man and, the wo- and a woman? And Barack Obama said, yes, I do. Now that was a very Reagan-esque, very Trump-esque answer. But the problem is he appointed liberal judges of the Supreme Court that reversed marriage between a man and a woman. Well, I can understand, yeah, I made a bad choice in appointing this particular person to be on the Supreme Court and went against the declaration that I made to America from Saddleback Church that marriage is between a man and a woman. But no, he lit the White House in in rainbow gay colors. Mm -hmm. What a slap in the face to the American public. I'm going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you anything you want to hear to get elected. And then once I'm elected, I will do as I please. I will tell you anything you want to say to marry you. And then after I marry you, I'll do whatever I please. If you see it in the highest ranking positions in America, if you see it within churches, if you see it within individuals, Mary, I think you need to be very, very careful. Because again, I would not marry anybody unless I really really knew where they were at with God. How do they react when they get angry? The Bible says, if a man cannot control his temper, you've got a problem beyond anything you're going to have. So there's so many things that you have to look at. Everybody can be great when everything's going their way. The smile comes out. Oh, here are the flowers and everything like that. But when they're behind closed doors and they're screaming and throwing your kids against walls and things like that, hey, let me tell you something. It's a different world. So Mary, I think you need to be very, very careful. I certainly, certainly would not set a date in any way. And I know for many girls, the idea of getting married and having families, that's really good. And I know for many good Christian godly men, that's a great desire as well. But a lot of people enter into marriage and relationships. I love what you do for me. And the marriage and the love is all self-centered. It's what you're going to do for me. And so when you start seeing that right off, and again, you're saying you really want to know where his relationship with that was God. I would stop right here until you find out, that answer. And we're here for you to help you navigate through this because again, people are great actors and they'll say what, you, they, what, what they think you want to hear. But they may be far away from God. I, I, I know of another couple where the guy, he was going to church with his girlfriend and they got married and everything. He said, I'm not going to church anymore. Well, why? I got too many things to do. She comes home from church, he's watching football. You know, you, know that, you don't want that. And so you want to find somebody that's already serving Jesus on fire for the Lord before you come along, because at least they were they were in love with the Lord enough to be doing what God wants them to do before you met them, rather than I'm going to turn it on and turn it off like a light switch. You can be in real trouble, Mary. I hope this helps. It does. Thank you
4: so much. I appreciate it.
2: Mary, stay and Mary,
3: more. Mike, can I just go say ahead, this? Mary, ahead, ahead. what you want is a husband who is a spiritual leader. That is part of the husband's responsibility in a marriage is to lead his wife and his family spiritually. And so I want to really caution you because Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so who you're looking for is you're looking for a man who's more who, who is closer to God and, and more spiritual than you are. You're, you're looking for, uh, as Mike said, a, a guy who is known, uh, as a, as a spiritual man and who loves Jesus and who has a track record of serving the Lord. That's who you want. So, you know, be just again, as Mike said, be very careful with that because, uh, his, his spiritual reputation, uh, should precede himself. Uh, especially if you've known him at any time. And so I just want to encourage you, um, because as you look at the scriptures, uh, the, the husband is the head of the wife, which means he is the leader of the marriage. He's the leader of the relationship. And his responsibility includes those spiritual responsibilities of sharing the word of God with you, reading the Bible with you, praying with you and for you, all of that. And if he's not doing that now, he's probably not going to do that if you marry him. So I would just say, as Mike did, be careful. Mike?
2: Mary, we're here for you if you need us. And um, I'll send you the movie Jesus, as well as evolution. Excuse me. I'll I'll send you um, God of Wonders. And I'm going to send you a little book called Time to Grow. And it is really those things that you need to be aware of being a Christian. And you might ask him to read it and tell you what he thinks of that book. Because there's a lot is a bunch of religious junk. Just then you need to you need to look around because God's got somebody better for you. But I I think when you're already seeing things that aren't quite right, I I think you know. Let me tell you something that I learned a long time ago. In counseling, it's I remember remember this: there is not one issue in the courtship that doesn't get more in the marriage and there's not one issue in a divorce that wasn't evident in the courtship now let me explain that i talked to a girl she married this guy claimed to be a christian and she told me she's i'm getting a divorce i said why she goes he's a raging drunk and i said well did he drink when you met him well yeah I said, well, why did you marry him if he was drinking when you met him? And here's the answer. I didn't think it would be a problem. And thus it goes in almost every one of these venues. I didn't think it would be a problem. If you see a flaw now, I can guarantee you it will be exemplified a thousandfold by the time of the divorce. It's just the way it is. Mary, I hope that helps.
4: Thank you, pastors. It does. I I really do appreciate it. It definitely gives me some things to think about because I definitely don't want to get with somebody who's unequally yoked.
2: Oh, you don't want that. And and, and because, yeah, it's just not good. Stay in line. Uh, We'll send out those things to you. And uh, uh, Mary, our prayers, hearts are with you. Call us anytime. We're here for you, okay? Thank you. God bless you, dear. And I think so many people listening right now go, wow, I can relate with what Mary is saying. So thank you so much, Mary, for being honest and open. And uh, may the Lord guide you. Father, I just pray that you open Mary's eyes to the real nature of this man. And those listening that are perhaps dating or with somebody, that God, that you would open their eyes to the real nature of this person. To know that whether they're really a child of yours or a child of the devil. And so God, may you give that wisdom to all of us. All of us, God. We all need it every day, even in our business dealings, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mary, our prayers are with you. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of, okay? Thank you. God bless you, Mary. If you need us, call us. Let's go to Craig, Las Vegas. Hi, welcome. Here it is. Hello, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes. How can we help?
1: Okay. uh, I felt like I have owed you this call for a a few years. It's going to be pretty emotional for me and i'm going to try real hard to get through uh this i think it's amazing that during the break uh, the bless your pastor uh, uh information came on which is exactly what i'm trying to do i think it's so very important to call in and especially with with you mike about what a tremendous tremendous difference what you do makes um i'm now currently a honorably retired police officer but a few years ago, uh, I'd been through any number of events where I barely escaped without being killed, uh, was losing my family through divorce in my home, and I was failing, Mike, and failing badly. And I prayed about it in the morning, and something directed me to the lower end of the radio uh, uh, dial, and, and there was Pastor Mike Kessler giving a sermon. And you helped me firm up and and stay uh, working. I, are we still there? I can't hear anything. I don't know if you're still there. We're here. Okay. Um, I just uh, could barely survive at that time, and, and you helped me so much. And uh, a couple weeks later, after I had firmed up, I prayed to God, and I asked, Lord, am I done here? Is there anything... Else that you need me to do. And I uh, was in my squad car and I had stopped for forward traffic and something caught my attention in the mirror, in the rear mirror, there was a car and basically filled the whole mirror and I knew I was going to get it. The speed limit was 50 miles an hour. And then all of a sudden, nothing happened. And the car passed me on the right and took a ride at the light as as i went i looked up that street and the car had pulled over and there was a man outside so i turned around and i went up to him and he said uh, he he was crying and he said i don't understand i i i don't understand i didn't do it i and i had to calm him down saying look we're we're all okay and he said i don't i don't understand something moved the car and it wasn't me oh my and i think that i certainly i certainly think i got my answer there well the last year that I was on and i'll only describe one of them but you helped by firming me up mike you helped me four people are alive today because of what you're doing and how you were able to firm me up and and help me one one lady launched her car off the highway and was 80 yards down in the ditch with the car upside down the weight of the car was crushing her to death her leg was caught in between the windshield and the dashboard and she was in a no cell phone reception. And I was, I'm going up the highway. I see the rocks on the side and think something's unusual. And I guess maybe perhaps that was God saying, go and, and do this. And she, she was, her voice was hoarse from screaming. And I, you know, I always think that there's a moment of clarity. And I remembered I had a hydraulic jack, so I went and got it and started everybody coming. And, jacked the car up and slid under there and held her hand and told her there was no way I was ever going to let her die. But four people like that, Mike, are alive today because you were there and I'm not kidding. I was falling down and it's only a matter of, of time. I was able to stay in the game about one more year and then I started having blackouts. I've been in shootouts and everything else where I surely should have been killed and so there was a time where they flight flight for life me by helicopter to the hospital to save me. And the flight crew came to visit me and said that they tried to start an IV 17 times because my my veins were flat. And the doc came in and said, you're done. And uh, I said, well, what do you mean? And he goes, you were lucky this time, but there's no saying that you'll wake up the next time. Mm. But, Mike, I I, mm. I truly... I, I cannot thank you. You have—I mean—the the best that I can do is truly, truly try to reach out from my heart and to truly tell you just how important what you do really matters. It really matters.
2: You know, Craig, thank you, uh, and and God gets the glory. And you know, I—I—I'm—I'm—I I, ve- feel very, very honored to let that God lets me do what I do for Him. Uh there's a lot of enemies out there. There's a lot of people that, that want to lay traps for me and hurt me. And, and I, just, I just want you to know that I'm so glad that God uh, was able to become real through the things that you've heard and seen. And I just would covet everybody's prayers because there's a lot of really bad people and a lot of people that masquerade as Christians, and they're really not. And they they want to see, they want to see, CSN fail. They want to see me fail. They want to see their Christian pastors fail. Uh, they lay traps and uh, dig holes, not realizing the Bible says they're going to fall in the pit themselves. And so I just really want to, uh, Craig, just say. Thank you, Jesus, that God is able to use us all together. And, and for all of us, I, I never consider myself anything more than just a fellow brother in the Lord. I, I, um, I, I just, I'm just grateful that together we can all do something that we could never do apart from each other. And I'm so glad that uh, God touched your life in a way that gave you that encouragement to go on. I'm glad you made it to retirement. A lot of police officers don't and and i just want to say that what what god has for you in the days to come are the best is yet to come and and just letting god uh, be god because you're you're blessed and you have quite a testimony i got to say craig god bless you hey mike yes
1: one last thing that i guess i would just like to say to the audience and that's it's readily apparent now that there is definitely a strong pervasive evil that is functioning inside the United States. Oh man. And I can't think of a time ever that it is more important for all of us Christians to live the morals and and Christian values that God brought to us through his word in the Bible and blessed pastors such as you, there's no more important time than right now. And we really should focus on that and and live those Christian morals and values that God has instilled in us.
2: Yeah. And if we haven't, we need to start. I I think that's so important because, again, uh, you know, the Bible says if the people that are called by his name will repent. God will heal their land. And I don't know how much God can heal our land, but I know that he can heal it good enough and long enough for us to make it to the rapture without uh, being too hindered in being able to share Jesus with people. And I want to say something else too, Craig. I'd like to thank all of those who work across America, uh, who support CSN. Um, uh, You know we don't do uh, telethons and miracle wallets and all that kind of stuff. We just trust God to lay it on your heart. We want to let people know we need your help, but we don't want to be begging for help. We don't want to put Jesus in the bread line. And then I also want to thank all of those here in Idaho and uh, the other CSN places that make, make this possible. We've got engineers out on the road uh, repairing radio stations. Uh, we've, got, we've got engineers working on fixing uh, transmitters that lightning hits. Uh, we've got people that take care of all the paperwork and all the stuff that keeps us legal with the FCC. And um, it, it, but you know, Jesus said, "You're going to do greater things than I did." And I always, for years, I go, "How in the world could you do that?" But see, Jesus was in one place at one time when He said that here on this earth. But through His wonderful Holy Spirit, we're able to, uh, you know, Craig, you in Las Vegas, and me in Idaho, and uh, you know, Scott in in uh, uh, you know St. Louis. Uh, but all across America, we're all able to hear this. We're able to do something we could never normally ever do, but because we all share in the same vision and, and have the same heart, and, and it ain't about dollars, and it ain't about climbing the thing, and, you know, well, if we can just get a few more stations, we can get our station on the New York Stock Exchange, and then we can really start making some money. I'm not into money. I'm into souls. And if we can just, if we can just keep going... And get the word out every day. That's what I want to do. But please, Craig, all of you, pray for us. Pray for me. Um, the devil beats me up pretty good. And and uh, I, I just want you all to know that, that pray against the powers of darkness that work through uh, people that want to see CSN fail. Even people that are called, they call themselves Christians, but they're not. Uh, they're everywhere. And, you know, whether you're thinking about marrying somebody that calls himself a Christian that maybe they're really not, possibly like one of our just previous phone calls, or whether it's just daily battle, we don't war against things we see, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And let me tell you, everybody, if you've been saved a day or you've been saved 50 or 70 years, you're in the battle. You're in the battle. And the devil will always try to pull you aside with trinkets. Oh, look, if you do this, if you sell this person out, think of the money you'll have. And that's what they do. And the devil is alive and well on the planet Earth. I tell people a lot of times, if you don't know really about spiritual warfare, ask Christ into your heart, and all of a sudden the whole world, the invisible world of demonic forces and the invisible world of the Holy Spirit becomes so real in your life. And you see it, and you see the spirits behind a lot of the things that we see on television, whether it's the news or movies or whatever it might be. God shows us those things and what's behind it. Friends, I believe we're living in extremely exciting times, but there are very trying times and we need each other. And Craig, I'm so glad you called. That was probably one of the nicest phone calls I think I've ever gotten in my life. And uh, I'd just like to say to Scott as well and everybody, it's not a one-man show. It's something we all do together to worship God and to be about His business. Because I do believe the days are short. And it, it hurts me. Sometimes you, hear, you guys hear me on the radio and I get upset when I hear people with false doctrine because they're deliberately misleading people away from what Jesus gave them. And so we're living in exciting times. Scott, thank you so much too for being on the radio today. Thank you so much, Craig, for calling in. I want to send you the movie Jesus um, and uh, uh, God of Wonders, a little book called Time to Grow because it's a a good thing you can can pass on to your friends and and potential people. And, you know, Scott, I want to say thank you, too, Mm -hmm. for being part of the program. I know it's a little bit different today, but, you know, maybe this is the last (laughs) week we'll be here. Maybe the Lord's going to come get us on Sunday. Well, that would make my day. And I I will tell you that that, um, we don't know. Maybe God's going to give us some more time to reach out to this lost world. But, Craig, thank you so much.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Mike. Everything you do has absolutely, completely made a difference. And I know that these times and things that I went through are very tough, but I I just can't view it in any other way other than, you know, instead of looking at the medals and how grand I am, it's all about, it's an absolute privilege to be at the right place at the right time to make that difference. But that's what makes it so emotional. Amen. Thank you, Vince Mike,
2: so and much. it does. You know, I always like people that give you a flower for something that God did through you. And at the end of the day, you take that big bouquet and you just hand it to Jesus and say, here, here's the bouquet from what you did. <laughs> it's always a great thing. Craig, uh, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Jennifer, John, Joe, please call us back. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. And thank you so much, Scott, for being on today. Look forward to being back with you then. To find out more Keep looking
0: ministry up. or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226.